It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan to day for peace of mind visit pdcenterlv.com rob ritchie farmers insurance 702-335-5744 702-335-5744 laborers union 872 the builders of allegiance stadium and the las vegas ballpark home of the aviators promodirect.com use k-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Welcome in, everybody, to Sports X Radio, a fish tank edition, believe in the process, on a Monday. I am your host, Andrew the Fish Fane. And sitting in with me, as always, is producer Mark. Producer Mark, how are you this evening? Well, I'm just peachy keen, thank you. Fantastic to hear. You're always peachy keen. That's good. Well, that is a total lie, but that's okay. I know. I try to. Yeah. I, I try to make you know the, the yeah. audience like what we're doing here. Look, three three hours of Steve Sanchez today. Is uh, he made his debut Debut'd. in the um, three three o'clock, o'clock time slot? How'd that go? Uh, went great. Wonderful. Went, went great. And you know where he isn't. He isn't sitting in the PSBRlaw.com studios. That's right. These are the PSBRlaw.com studios. Over 3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements. The last decade for their clients, a success rate of 99%. And I'm sure you'll tell us that 1% is again. Uh, let's see. That 1% is probably uh, the lawsuit against the Wizard of Oz from the the Munchkins. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> it was something like that. <laughs> I don't know if they like to be called Munchkins. That's what they were. Yes, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. If you need a good lawyer, give them a call. 702-830-9353. 702-830-9353. That is PSBRlaw.com. Penache, Boyle, and... Ravapooty. That's right. That's the... Really? Uh, no energy there? No no energy uh, from... I, I said it with authority. You did. It was very authoritative. And I had fully planned to come in today and speak, you know... Glowingly about the Super Bowl because that's the big event that's coming up, or, or as the most Vegas sports books call it, the big game because they're apparently not allowed to use the term Super Bowl. No, many are not, which is ridiculous. But still, so we're, I was going to come in and talk about the big game, but then something happened over the weekend that uh, seemed seemed to dwarf it a little bit, even what? And that was the trade of Kyrie Irving. That does not dwarf the Super Bowl. It does in the immediate future. It does. It doesn't in the grand scheme of things. It is fascinating, though. Yes. And the story that I read that I found the most fascinating about it was that Joe Sy could very easily have pulled the trigger on the trade to Kyrie Irving to the Lakers, but decided against it because he did not want to give Kyrie what he wanted, which was a spot on the Lakers. That's why he chose the Dallas deal. Well, that makes sense. 
I'm, no, aren't, aren't you aren't you supposed to choose a deal based on what's best for your team? And I'm not suggesting the Dallas deal wasn't better for the team. I don't know one way or the other yet, and I, I don't know anyone will know right away. But to do it to be vindictive and do it out of spite seems a little silly. Well, I guess it depends on the deal. You know, I, I I mean, I'm sure that might have just gotten said as a passing comment, just to kind of twist the knife a little bit, because you know those two didn't get along, and you know, it's just kind of the way it goes. But yeah, it's offhanded, you know, gossipy kind of talk to, oh, look what I did. No, look look how you completely, you and Kyrie both did not handle this well. No. So just, yeah. Does this make the Mavericks the favorite in a wide open West? I don't know about a favorite, but it certainly ups their chances, I think. I, it, it's been interesting because I've been reading a lot of articles uh, of reviewing this trade and they're there are so many people that think, yeah, this is the big push Dallas needed, and there are some that are saying this is not going to work out. So I'm I'm kind of well, going to sit back and watch. It was a lot to give up for a 30 game rental. Yeah, if if they don't resign him, but it, it it could be a 30 game rental to get them to the final. Now it's one of those things where you're you're you feel like you're close, and you're willing to risk it. We're seeing a lot of that in sports lately. We are. It, 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 they are. It it seems like GMs in general are becoming much bigger gamblers than they used to be. Well, it's I I think that because of the way free agency and bargaining rights and and everything has gone, I it's not like it used to be when we were watching sports where you know if your team was good, they're probably going to be good for a long time. Now because they're going to be a whole other players, there's a lot of loyalty there, not a ton of shifting with the stars. Well, now it's. If, if someone you know, sneezes on you the wrong way, I want to trade. Or you're shining, signing shorter contracts. So your window is much smaller than what it used to be. So if you're close, you've got to go for it. You have to. And you've got to be willing to say, you know what? We're going to win a championship. Maybe the next couple of years we're not going to be so good and we're hurting our future. But we have a shot to win now, so let's go for it. And I will say this, and I hate to be the doomsday dude, but this Kyrie Irving deal reeks to me of what's going to be the downfall of the NBA, and that is players forcing their way out. It used to be, because you're right, it used to be, if you signed a contract, that's where you were going to be. If it was a mistake, it was a mistake that you made. It was your choice. Kyrie didn't have to sign in Brooklyn, but he did. And James Harden did it the year before and forced his way out. And it's going to be the downfall of the NBA because people, owners are going to get sick of players basically coming and then going, you know what, I don't want to honor this contract. Get rid of me. Trade me. I want to be out. I don't want to be here anymore. I think there's two things to look at behind this. Number one, there's going to be a strike. There is going to be a strike. Is it going to be a strike or a lockout? I think there's going to be a strike. The players, the players aren't. The players right because now seem to have a lot more power. That, that's the that's the issue. That this last CBA that they did, the players have so much more control. The owners are not going to put up with this. Then that anymore. would be a lockout, not a strike. That's yeah, why I'm but, asking because the I, owners would lock the players out versus the players going on strike. I, no, I think there's going to be a strike because the the owners are going to not be willing to relent. The players are going to say, "Okay, whatever." Yeah, that's what Guess I'm saying. We're, I we're think, taking our spring off. I think the winter N- off. I think the NBA is in some trouble. Yeah, they, you know, everyone was talking about gloom and doom for baseball, and last year, you know, it, it looked like it may have been there may be an issue. They ended up signing the contract. They got a, a CBA done, 
Congrats to them. I think the NBA is in a lot more trouble than baseball ever was. This is going to be one of the nastiest labor fights you're ever going to see. And then, on, but on the other side too, the the Nets are a mess, and they have just handled their star players that they brought in so poorly. They handle everything poorly. I mean, this is just you know, the, I mean, you had the big trade with the Celtics that went wrong. I mean, everything has just been a disaster with this team. And you're sitting there looking at the standings and looking at, at what they've got and thinking, yeah, this is a team that can go to the final. Now, there's no way. There's no way. You know, I'll, I'll, somebody can drill a hole in my sneaker if the Nets get to the final. Harden was dealt at the last year's trade deadline, right? Yeah. So it was a year, this time a year ago, they had Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Now they have basically an injured Kevin Durant, and that's it. And Ben Simmons. You know, I, from, and, from what I've heard, they would love to get out. Of, they'd love to get out from under that contract as well. Well, because it was a terrible contract. The Sixers. Part of the reason the Sixers were pretty happy to make that deal was, was that Ben of, was being a whiny little was wimp. To, was to get rid of that contract. That no. contract was an albatross. Oh, absolutely. So. But, you know, I mean, at the time, I guess, you know, to a point it looked good, but then he got the yips and, and you know, that had that bad finish to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden he just went wacko. And, yeah, he, like, refuses to shoot the ball. I mean, I if I were another team, I would have never touched Ben Simmons. You know, it just, it, it, you know, the only reason they did was, I guess, they wanted to get rid of Harden that badly. Yeah. For, so you, you trade James Harden, who's playing great this year, should have been an all-star, and... What do you got? For, for all the mismanagement that the Lakers have, have gone through, and they have been completely mismanaged, they should never have made the deal for Russell Westbrook. Having Kyle Kuzma on that team right now would make them so much better. Well, but weren't... for all that, they are still run so much better than the Nets are. This Nets team, you're right, is an absolute disaster area. God, I'm loving it. <laughs> and, no, I, just, I wish the Celtics would get that disease. Yeah, That's not going to happen. And the Bucks aren't going to get that disease either. And and the fact that Kevin Durant wanted to play there boggles the mind. Well, it's Brooklyn. It's New York, man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make all the endorsement money. I'm gonna hang out at the the nightclubs, and I'm gonna get to go to all the nice restaurants. He could have and... done that. He could have done that playing for the Knicks, and he would played in a much better. Se- I mean, and and the Knicks are completely mismanaged well, too. Would you have gone to the Knicks over the Nets at the time? Yeah, because the Nets, because uh, you just pointed out that Nets trade for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett was ridiculously done, and I realized that was a di- under a different ownership and a different group. But nothing that this team has ever done has ever worked out. No, but the the Knicks have been a, a horribly run organization with with James Dolan and and that crew forever. So would you have wanted to play there? Every every free agent that's had an opportunity to go to New York has passed. Major free agents passed. Yeah, I mean, he, so, he could have gone to Chicago. He could have gone to the Clippers because I'm not suggesting he would have gone to the Lakers. But there are a lot of places he could have gone where he could get that endorsement money. Yeah, so, oh, well. <laughs> this, this Nets team uh, may be one of the worst-run franchises in sports. It's not good. Not good at all. And it just shows you that money can't just fix everything. Yeah, and and then watch him, watch him run off. You know, twenty five out of thirty or something like that. But good for Mark Cuban. You know what he said? I got to get a guy that's gonna, you know, take some of the pressure off Doncic. I just don't know if Kyrie Irving and Doncic together can can work because they are both ball dominant. Yeah, but the, here's the thing about Doncic though is, if I remember right, he had he's got the most. Uh, I forget what the stat is, and I apologize, but he spent more time on the court than 
and is responsible for more points for the Mavericks than any player. And this his the differential, if I remember right, was just far more than any other player in the NBA. So he was just being asked to do so much. So you can you can have them play together, but you can also have Kyrie running that second unit too. While Doncic is off the court, and, right. and it's that, not going to kill you, it's not going to kill you. It, it might even make that second unit better. So, it, it, it I think it's a, a pretty good trade for them. I think it was a lot to give up, but at the same time, you know, Kyrie's having a, an All Star level year. But for all the so, talent that Kyrie has, is he worth the headache? Well, if if you can keep him happy, I mean, you know, last year. Just you know, it was a medical personal decision, and whether you like it or not, that's that's that was his choice. And it, without getting into it too deep, you know, the the it it was up to the city and city of New York. You know, they could have just said, okay, you know, when everybody else had lifted their mandates, they wouldn't. And oh well, so it, it, that was more of a, that was more of a circumstance than anything else. But it's more, I mean, it's more than that because this year you had the whole thing with, with Kanye and the anti-Semitic thing that he retweeted. And it, it's it just, it, it's a pattern with Kyrie. Well, didn't say he was the easiest player to deal with. <laughs> but, you know, it, it. I think a guy like Mark Cuban can probably handle him a lot better. So we'll see. Yeah, and that's, that, to be honest with you, that was the only reason why I thought he was a fit in the, with the Lakers because LeBron is the one guy on the court that I think could handle him. LeBron has the gravitas to handle Kyrie. Well, he's dealt with Kyrie before. I don't know if he wanted to deal with it again. That's very true, too. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we will get into the big game. (laughs) You can say Super Bowl on the the show. Oh, we can? Yeah, you just can't can't advertise that you are having a Super Bowl party at your casino. You're allowed to say Super Bowl. We're covering the Super Bowl, but... They can't say that they are having a Super Bowl party. Why? Because the NFL says you can't. Why? Because they have copyright issues. So they don't want people saying it's just one of those things. They've done it forever. And I I will tell you, like I said, the NBA is in trouble. The NFL will never be in trouble because nobody wants to shoot that golden goose. Because that is one company that just continues to print money. Generally, yeah. They can find a way. They no, tried. They they've tried, but you know it doesn't matter if it's Ray Rice and his incident, or Michael Vick and his incident, or Deshaun Watson and his. Nothing has stopped the popularity of the NFL. No, all of those they, things stop the popularity of any other sport, but not the NFL. That train is one that will not stop. Well, they tried to pull the ratings down. They did a couple years ago. So yeah, well, so they didn't that, keep it up. The, the train's final stop for this season is Glendale, Arizona, and that's on Sunday for this Super Bowl. Eagles, Chiefs, we'll discuss it when we come back. This is Sports Extra Radio, Fish Tank Condition, Believe in the Process. We'll be right back. I love a little ACDC. Yeah, especially when I actually play it. Yeah, it started out being Sound of Silence. Shouldn't AEW play that song all the time because they're on TNT? Well, that would probably cost Tony Khan some more money. So He's got more money than God. I think he can afford it. Well, yeah. 
By the way, kudos to you for being picked up by Fightful for your interview with Tony Khan. Uh, and Cultaholic tonight. Oh, really? Cultaholic quoted you as well? Mm-hmm. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. So that worked our, out our, nicely. Our, our little tiny show, the the Mark Hoke show, getting some notice. Yeah, it's all right. And uh, had a great interview with Tony. If you want to check it out, you can go on YouTube at the Mark Hoke Show, or you can go to markhokeshow.podbean.com and check that out, plus the rest of the show as well. He doesn't so. talk about the Jaguars at all. No, I did. Nope, I did not ask him. No, about and, the and nor should you have. I'm just, I'm just merely saying that because we God, have a sports show. I would sit down with him for two hours. I really would. What a fascinating guy. Oh, absolutely. So. I'd, I'd ask him if I could borrow some money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'd do that. No, because you know I'd want to place a bet on the Super Bowl. Oh, but uh, it, it brings me to a lot of interesting little numbers came up. The Chiefs. When, when last February and the odds were released, they were plus 650 to win the Super Bowl. Okay. They fell to 11 to 1 entering the season. The uh-huh. longest odds they were at any point in the season. And when the season ended, they were plus 340 favorites. Hmm. That's so it interesting. All, it all matters on when you place the bet. But 11 to 1 when the season started, that was the longest they were at any point in during the season, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's pretty hefty. But I think everybody was thinking Buffalo and. You know, like in Cincinnati, since they beat them, and so yeah, I could, I guess I could see that. But they are now tracking to become the first team to enter the playoffs as the outright Super Bowl favorite, and then be an underdog in the Super Bowl since two thousand and four. Now there's a reason. And you know what happened in that two thousand and four? The Eagles entered the playoffs as plus five hundred favorites before losing Super Bowl. What is that? Uh, one, two, three, thirty-nine, maybe forty-nine. I've tried to blank that game out. Yeah, it was to, a, to that the Patriots. was Patriots. There were seven point dogs in that hey, game to the Patriots. Hey, you know who who the uh, the doofball coach is? Andy Reid. That was Andy Reid who called fourteen screens in that Super Bowl, and Belichick shut every one of them down. But yeah, it, that worked out nicely, it, and they still only lost by three. You would have felt much better betting the Eagles because they were forty to one when odds opened last February. Wow, they went as long as fifty to one prior to the AJ Brown trade. <sighs> And then when the season started, they dropped all the way down to 25-1. to 1. And that would make them the biggest preseason long shots to win the Super Bowl since 2017, the only other time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they were 40-1 to 1 in that preseason. And I, I think a lot of that was you were expecting Green Bay to be better, Tampa the, Bay, the Rams, the, Rams, the Niners. Um, some people liked the Vikings. Uh, I didn't, but there were people picking the Cowboys to win the division. So... There were there were some people there thinking this team's probably a playoff team, but not not a legit contender to go to the Super Bowl. Right. So, uh, I, I was, it was interesting though. Is depending on what numbers you look at, you could make it lean anyway. You, I could make it look like that the Chiefs have no shot in this by just by saying these numbers. This season, the Chiefs are eight and eleven against the spread. They are yeah. only the sixth team to ever reach the Super Bowl with a losing against the spread record. Four of the previous five lost that Super Bowl game. Well, I think there's going to be somebody joining them. The 11 against the spread losses are the most ever by a team entering the Super Bowl. And their 8-11 against the spread record is the second worst percentage entering the game. Only the 97 Packers at 6-9-3 and three were worse. And that Packers team lost to the Broncos as 11-point favorites. Well, and I, I think a lot of that, though, for Kansas City was they had a brutal schedule. And... Playing against a lot of really good teams and and a lot of close games, so you know I I could see why people would why that would happen. Now, but there but look there were 
as we saw about four or five games in, there were five teams that had a legit shot to go to the Super Bowl. They were one of them. It was Philly. It was San Fran. And it was Buffalo, Buffalo and Cincinnati. Those, those were your five teams. And anybody else that had any other team in there was dreaming. But my, my point was that you look at those stats and you go, oh, well, Kansas City doesn't stand a chance. Look at how, look at how the, stu- that, the odds are stacked against them when you look at that. But then you go, okay, let's look at some other things. Patrick Mahomes, never been an underdog, by the way, in the playoffs. This is his first time as an underdog. Which I thought, which is just an incredible stat. Like a virgin. Yes. Uh, last week, the Chiefs were underdogs early in the game against Cincinnati, but they did end up closing as favorites. His 13 playoff starts without being an underdog is the longest streak by any quarterback to begin his career in the Super Bowl era. It's only one shy of Peyton Manning's record in that span. It would snap the Chiefs' 15-game streak of being postseason favorites, which is the longest streak by any team. Well, you know, it's just because they've been the dominant team. No, it, and I I just think that people are seeing that this team is while it's a very good team has its vulnerabilities. Right, but my point so. was, my point was because remember the, the other stats pointed to the Chiefs losing, but Patrick Mahomes seven one and one against the spread as an underdog in his career. Yeah, that's because they're really good. <laughs> Which they is the games, best against so the spread it's... record by any QB as an underdog. Yeah. Minimum of eight starts. Like I said, I, I I don't know if you can really. I, I understand from the gambling perspective how important those stats are, but at the same time, I just think these are two really good football teams, and you know, and Casey's are really a, a fantastic organization. They have been stellar the past few years, and you know they're 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 going to be fine. Yeah, I, so, I I just want to throw one more little wrench out there to, to make you wonder who the heck's going to win this game or how to bet it. Through this is Super Bowl Fifty Seven, through fifty six Super Bowls, favorites and underdogs are both 27, 27, and 2. Right. So it means nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff means nothing. And, and this However, is, the underdogs have had the upper hand recently, going 8 and 7 outright and 10 and 5 against the spread in the last 15. Yeah, I, I just think these are two really good football teams. I, I think the Eagles are going to win this game, but if I wake up the next day and Kansas City has won the Super Bowl, I'm going to be shocked. No. They're really good. So just my advice... Is you know gamblers do your thing, but otherwise sit back and enjoy this game. Yeah, because it's going to be fun. The line open is a pick'em, and it, the Eagles are sixteen minutes later. The Eagles became the favorite, mm-hmm. but there has it is possible. I guess they could get back down to a pick'em. There has never been a Super Bowl that closed as a pick'em. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's. I, I have a hard time seeing that happening. I it guess. Would, I mean, I guess it could. It would only be the ninth of fifty-seven Super Bowls to close with a line under a field goal. And the fifth to close under two. Well, I thought it was interesting. I saw the betting lines before the the conference championship games, and every matchup was like minus one. Every one of them. These were four really good football teams that anyone could see anyone win the Super Bowl. So this thing being under three, not shocked at all. No. And you you're feeling very confident still, as you were last week, that the Eagles are going to win this. Absolutely. Game. Yeah, especially with the Kansas City wide receiving court being a little busted up. That doesn't help. Because you're going against one of the best secondaries in football. Man, I'll tell you. Plus, you you keep those wide receivers covered, and that gives the Eagles front seven the time to get in there. Oh, boy. If Mahomes has a gimpy ankle, that could cause problems. It could. 
Yeah. So it, there's to me, there's a lot of factors that are going against Kansas City in this game, and I and I just think the Eagles are the better team. So Jalen Hurts is the plus one twenty five favorite to be the Super Bowl MVP, followed closely by Patrick Mahomes at plus one thirty. <laughs> no, that makes sense. It's quarterbacks, of course. This is the first time that both starting quarterbacks have had odds of plus 150 or shorter to win the Super Bowl MVP in the past 15 seasons. The only other time both quarterbacks entered the with odds shorter than plus 200 was in 2020 when it was Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl being the favorites for the MVP. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, go figure. But but I, I, I had said to Ken the other day when we were talking about prop bets that I – I would watch, maybe you know, put a little money down on Hassan Reddick, or maybe some of the guys in the Eagles secondary. They could have a big game. So Travis Kelsey ten to one to be the Super Bowl MVP. Shortest odds by any tight end since two thousand fourteen when it was Gronk at eight to one. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if, if the Chiefs win this game, it's probably going to be. Kelsey scoring touchdowns. I yeah. think I think they're gonna. I don't think they'll shut him down, but I, you know, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think he's gonna have a massive, you know, three touchdown game or anything like that. I believe the prop is over under seven and a half catches for Travis Kelsey, and mm-hmm. over under seventy eight and a half yards. <sighs> uh, what I'm hearing is that the mm-hmm. over on catches, the under on yards. They think the Eagles will allow the catches, but won't allow the yards. I think he, he might still get to seventy eight. I think the one thing before everybody starts throwing their bets on stuff like that is you better see how the Kansas City wide receiving core is and how who's playing and who's healthy because if if they're all busted up, Kelsey's going to be getting the ball all day long, you know, five ten yards and you know and the Eagles aren't going to give up a long play, I don't think, but you know, but it's going to be it could be the Kelsey show if Patrick Mahomes doesn't everybody else throw to. Patrick Mahomes passing yards prop is 285 and a half yards. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's about what I think it his, would be. His average prop has been 294.4. Well, his average pass yards per game is 303.7. I think they'll keep him under. They'll be close, but I think they'll keep him under. This is the first time all season Mahomes passing touchdown prop sits at one and a half. It had been two and a half in every game this season. Yeah, and, and there's a reason for that. I It's going to be, he's going against a really good secondary with a really great pass rush. So I could I could see that they're going to have to, they would might have to run the football to win this game, I, and I, I don't I, think I, they can do it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think the guy, if, if the Chiefs win, I think a guy you could put money on is Isaac Pacheco to be the MVP. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a as Brad Power says, a pizza bet. Jalen Hurts' prop is at two, only 245 and a half yards. And that I might take the under on that too because I have a, because I think where the Eagles offensively are going to go, they're going to run the football. They'll be able. AJ Brown's probably going to get a touchdown pass in this game. Uh, you know, I would imagine he's going to break one at some point. But I think that what how I think this game is probably going to go the way a lot of the Eagles games have gone. They're going to jump out early and then just grind it away. And if they if the, if they have if they have a two touchdown lead going into halftime, you they may not throw the ball much at all. AJ Brown's prop, by the way, is seventy one and a half receiving yards. I'd take the over on that. 
He's it's the third straight game of that a total after posting a total of fifty yards in his two playoff games combined. Yeah, because they didn't need him. This time, they, I think they need him. <laughs> I think AJ's gonna. I think AJ's gonna have a pretty good game. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. The total of the game is fifty. I think Sorry. you're looking at the under. Uh, what did what did I say the other day? I think it's. Yeah, I think I went. 30, I think I said like 30-23 or something like that. So I, w- I would go over. I'd go over. I've uh, seen a lot of field goals. There will be a lot of field goals in this game. In early coin flip betting, Tails has garnered the majority of the action, including <laughs> a $5,025 bet placed on Tails. Oh, Lord. At minus 101 odds. I, I wish I had $5,000 to throw away on a coin toss. Are you kidding me? Okay, whatever. Tails never fails? Yeah, you know what? Take your tails. It, it does never fail. I wonder what the... Do they, have they kept track of what the coin tosses have been? I'm, I'm sure they have. I mean, it's, obviously it's 50-50 unless the coin lands sideways. See, see what, I, what I really wish is that I had the kind of money like this idiot in Ontario who bet a pair of $500 bets on Jake Elliott and or Harrison Butker to be the Super Bowl MVP. A kicker has never won the award. Now, each one is 200 to 1. Interesting. Hmm, I'm trying to think. Of, you know, if, there may be a slim chance that Butker could end up being the MVP. Slim. Yeah, a, really 200, slim. To one, a 200 to uh, 1 chance. The, the reason I say that is, is that I think Kansas City is going to be kicking a lot of field goals in this game. I really do. Um I I would see Butker at least getting I think Butker will probably get at least three field goals in this game. And God forbid, you know, for, for my Eagles if Butker's got the last kick. I mean I that I could see a four field goal game for him and maybe getting the game winner if the situation comes up. So eh. So the the amount wagered on the Super Bowl in Nevada since the state's gaming control began tracking betting on the NFL championship in nineteen ninety one. Any idea how much total bets since 1991 they've taken? Since 1991? Yeah. It's less than I thought it would be. Let's go $40 billion. Way less than that. Like less than 10% of that. Oh, wow. $3.02 billion. That's it? That's it. Hmm. Well, Last year, a record $179.8 million was bet on the game. Okay. That's... Still a lot of, a lot of shamolis. And the amount, th- this is why Vegas exists. Nevada sports books since 1991 have won a total of $233.2 million <laughs> on the Super Bowl. It's funny when I have people in the, people in my Uber when I drive and they uh, talk about, you know, maybe they lost a little money or stuff like that. I say, well, Vegas wasn't built on winners. No. Something to think about, and I'm going to see if you can guess this. Now, we're going to go to commercial, and see. I'm going to see if you have the answer when we come back. Two. You don't even know what the question is. <laughs> the Pythagorean theorem. The question is the number of Super Bowls that Nevada sports books have suffered a net loss in. Wow, I might have actually been right. <laughs> okay, I'll when think we come about back, it. think about that. When we come back, we'll give you the answer, and we'll tell you which several one. 100 zero Super Bowls they were. This is Sports X Radio Fish Take Edition. We're in the process, and we'll be right back. So she called him up at home when she knew he'd be alone. She preached sure I could use advice. I got troubles with the man that I 
know you'll understand if you could hit me, it would sure be nice. They met a few minutes after in the office of the pastor and she started telling how she felt. What a chance they were taking when they first started breaking the laws of the Bible bill. There's a lot of good people who are destined to oh, come be on, what the country people said. I do not know the song. Travis Tritt. I do not know the song. This Bible Belt. Is that the name of the song? Bible Belt? You never heard that? No. That's too bad. Well, no, you have. You've seen My Cousin Vinny? I have. Yeah, then you've heard that song. Oh. You just didn't remember it. I I didn't know that you had a cousin, Vinny. Not My Cousin Vinny. You just said. Have the you movie, seen My Cousin my, Vinny? Oh, the movie My the Cousin movie, Vinny. The movie My Cousin Vinny. Of course. Uh, who hasn't seen My yes. Cousin Vinny? It's got Ralph Macchio. It it does. It's got Joe Pesci. But more importantly, it's got Ralph Macchio. Mm, no, I think Marissa Tomei would be the, uh, yes, the, the, the she, main she, choice. Uh, she won the Academy Award that apparently she wasn't supposed to win. That's garbage. She was awesome. I, did, I didn't say she wasn't awesome, but apparently it was a mistake that they read her name. But whatever. That's beside the point. So we left on a cliffhanger. How many Super Bowls have Nevada sportsbooks suffered a net loss? Hmm. Goofy around. They said the number two. You did indeed. I did. Is that your guess? It's probably more than that, but not many. I'm going to say four. You should have stuck with the original guess. No, the answer is right. two. Oh! I thought you knew. It's funny. When you said two, I thought, he knows the question I'm going to ask. Can you name the two Super Bowls? Oh, the. <laughs> one of them is pretty easy. The other one is, is much more difficult. Probably not. Not off the top. Now I'm looking at the list. Giants <laughs> beating the Patriots. That would be one, yeah. Yeah. 17 14. They got. Uh, that was their big loss. 2.6 million. What was the other. Another big upset? The other one actually wasn't an upset. I, that's the hint I will give you. Hmm. Well, then I'm screwed. Go ahead. It was when the Niners won and covered over San Diego in 95. Really? And they lost. They lost money on that. Three hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars. Well, you know, actually, that probably makes sense because that was a fairly predictable defeat. Yes. So, yeah, those I, are the only two times Nevada sportsbooks have suffered a net loss. Wow, well, I was, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Thank you. No, not your guess. Oh, oh the oh. fact that out of fifty-six Super Bowls, Nevada sportsbooks are fifty-four and two. Well. That's because these guys know what they're doing. They don't. They don't put the stuff out so you win. And, well, not only that, but you got to remember the odds are made so Nevada wins even when they lose. You know, I, and and I will say a another radio host in this town that I used to work with, who was heavy into sports gambling, um, said he has one simple key. One, whatever you see the public do, go against it. Oh, absolutely. That that's how he won. So it makes a ton of sense. Uh, the number of outright upsets by betting underdogs in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Say that again. How many underdogs have won the Super Bowl? I don't know. Twenty. It's a pretty big number. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they, um, look, the Super Bowl is such an amazing spectacle, and when you see, uh, you know, see these odds and so on, you know, you, look, their teams don't. The favored teams don't win a lot, and you know, I like this one. The Eagles are going to be a favorite. So, like I said, I'm not going to be surprised if they lose. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be crushed. I'll so be devastated. I, I, I'm looking at. I have this betting site that I go to that you know just gives me the odds every day and everything, and it also tells you where the public is betting and where they're not. 
And they've only had 4,211 votes so far for this, which is for them a, a lot of votes for who's betting what. It's exactly 50-50 on who's betting the Eagles versus who's betting the Chiefs. That makes sense. Yeah, and I picked that. I say that because you said whoever's a public's betting gets go the opposite. Well, unfortunately, it's 50-50. And it's exactly 50-50 when you're betting money lines as well. The Chiefs are plus 105, the, the Eagles at minus 125. This, this may be one of the Super Bowls where you don't necessarily worry about the game. You worry about some of the props or you know things like that. Like and, the, and try to find edges there. The, the over is coming in at sixty six percent versus the under at thirty four percent. Yeah, and I and I like the over. See, I like the under. See, I I'm just seeing, I'm with the Chiefs. I'm seeing two touchdowns and a bunch of field goals. That's what I'm, I'm seeing for them. That would be the twenty. The, I'm thinking. Th- I think I said thirty twenty three. So I'm seeing two touchdowns, three field goals. The Eagles would be three touchdowns. And uh, I think it was three touchdowns and a couple of field goals, too. There's only been four Super Bowls that have been – that had a betting line of two or less, or less than two, sorry. Patriots and Seahawks. Patriots were minus one. That's the one that they should have given the ball to Marshawn Lynch. (laughs) That's still – that is amazing. That is still one of the worst play calls of all time. Yes, it is. It really is. 49ers, Bengals. I don't know if it's the first or the second one. Super Bowl 16. So I that think would be the first one. That was the first one? Yeah. Bengals were a minus one. Yeah. Because remember, nobody knew how, knew how great Joe Montana and the and the Niners were. Well, the point. Bengals were pretty darn good that year, too. That was the that was the Kenny Anderson team. Yes. Even though I think that was that was the strike year, if I remember correctly. Cause, cause that the, was sec- the second one was the Boomer Esiason team. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty darn good team, and they had come off beating the Chargers. And Dan Fouts in that in in one of the greatest examples of why you need home field in the playoffs. It was Do you remember freezing, that game? Yeah, it was freezing. Do you remember cold that game? It was it was horrendous up there. And the California boys did not have a good time. They did not fare well. And they were and if I, I, I kind of think they were a, a pretty heavy I mean, I, I know they were favored going into the playoffs, and people loved that team. And that that was a great Great Chargers team, the but, Dan Fouts team. But you knew when they had to go to Cincy, and you saw the weather forecast, and like the wind chills were yeah. in the negatives. Yeah, done. The Washington Redskins, because they were the Redskins at the time, and Dolphins in Super Bowl Seven. Dolphins were a point and a half favorite. Okay, yeah, I remember that one too. And then the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. The Chiefs were a point and a half favorite when they beat the Niners and won their only Super Bowl in the Pat Mahomes era. And that was the first one with Pat going. So, yeah. yeah. Those are the only four times that it's been less than two points. You would think the Super Bowl would always be closer because it should be the best team in each, oh, in each league. But you, you see, there have been some matchups that just make you cringe. I mean, I, I don't have a list in front of me. but That Niners-Chargers matchup made me cringe. That one we knew was going to be a disaster. I, and I'm, I'm trying to remember how the playoffs went that year the Chargers made it. Because I know there was a huge upset in that. There was that season. I I, I I can look for it. It was the other one that the, the was it the first or the second Bills Cowboys. I think it was the second Bills Cowboys, hmm. which was actually a closer game. The first Bill Cowboys Bills Cowboys. The Bills had like nine turnovers. <laughs> that game was horrendous. But well, they both 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 the Bills Cowboys games ended up being bad. The, the Bills Redskins game was horrible too. Yeah, yeah, it just. 
Well, that's what the NFC East does. <clears throat> Just say it. Except for the Cowboys now, they stink. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to do it. I so, love that I'm ripping a 12-win team. So it was, it was the 1995 Chargers, we're saying? Yeah, I think that would be the year. So, but yeah, that I I remember that was that was the Stan Humphreys quarterback team. Yes, it was against Steve Young, who went insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that you just you just saw disaster written all over. And I, I remember a lot of people were excited because the Chargers finally make the Super Bowl. You know, but you the the Chargers team that you wanted to make the Super Bowl was were the ones with Dan Fouts. Those teams were amazing. Yeah, they were. They had uh, John Jefferson and uh, Charlie Kellen Joy- Winslow. No, and- Winslow was Winslow was after Fouts, wasn't he? No, he was there. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, San Diego beat Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. San Diego was the two seed that year, so there really wasn't many, much of an upset. They couldn't yeah, have but, been. But people didn't think that was a really good team. I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to look at that old playoff. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. The bracket was... Uh, Kansas City, Miami, 3-6. Miami won. Cleveland, New England, 4-5. Cleveland won. Pittsburgh was the one seed. They beat Cleveland 29-9. San Diego was the two seed. They beat Miami 22-21. And Pittsburgh lost to San Diego 17-13. Three River Stadium in the championship. San Francisco got there by beating Dallas. San Francisco was the number one seed, too. Dallas was the number two seed. Both championship games were one versus two. Trying to think about that Miami team that year. Who was on that team? Because I, I kind of remember like Miami and Cleveland being really good that year, but I have to go back and look at the season. Uh, that team was the 1994 Miami Dolphins. Uh, that's their draft. Here we go. Bernie Kozar, Dan Marino, and Doug Peterson. Uh, their running back, their best running back was either Cleveland Gary or Bernie Parmalee. They had Irving Fryer, O.J. McDuffie. Mark Ingram Sr. Yeah, that team that that was another that was the last I, one of the last really good Marino teams. They were loaded. Yes, they were. But no still in a running game. Now what I want to see is who's on that Pittsburgh team, because that Pittsburgh team should have won, I believe. That Pittsburgh team no, it was a Neil O'Donnell, Jim Miller, Mike Tomzak were the three quarterbacks. Ugh. Well, Neil O'Donnell. You know, he gets knocked too hard. But he was a pretty good player. He gave the Super Bowl to the Cowboys by throwing two direct passes to Larry Brown. Well, things happen. Barry Foster was the running back there. Bam Morris, before he was selling drugs out of his car. (laughs) Selling drugs? He was selling Tijuana. Yeah, he he was selling a lot. (laughs) That was a... (laughs) That, that was a load in the trunk, that's for sure. Yeah, the Charger team was Gail Gilbert and Stan Humphreys, the quarterbacks. Eric Sleeping with Biennemi was there. Natron means business. Oh, some of the greatest Bermanisms and nicknames yeah. of all time. All right, we are going to wrap things up for this hour. When we come back, we'll take a look at the day in sports, see what's going on in basketball, see if we can win you some money for tomorrow. Was there an upset in Kansas? Did the Longhorns come through? We'll let you know. This is SportsX Radio Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. 
What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Welcome back, everybody, to hour number two of Sports X Radio, a fish tank edition. Believe in the process. I am your host, Andrew the Fish Fane. The other wonderful voice you hear joining me is the dulcet tones of one producer, Mark. Producer Mark. Oh, producer Mark. Love's more comfortable the, the second, second time around. Oh, it's beautiful. See, now we, we should we should do a duet. No. You threw me off. How did I throw you off? Because you're off key. I have not, I was perfectly on There's key. There's no way you were on key. I was absolutely Zero. on key. Zero. Chance you were on key. But we are broadcasting live from the PSBRlaw.com studios. Over $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements for their last decade for their clients. Success rate of 99%. 99 times out of 100. Yeah, that's pretty much the way Vegas was about the Super Bowl. Actually, that's a better winning percentage than Vegas has with the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, man. Because Vegas basically is 98 times out of 100 they win. There was a tie because they bet on the coin toss. That's right. That, that, that cost them the 100%. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice, PSBR Law, Panache Boyle, and Rabbabooty. That's right. You reach them at 702 830 9353. 702 830 9353. So the new uh, college basketball rankings out again. Yeah. Meet the new boss. Same with the, the old boss. boss. Purdue number one. And I'm not surprised. The, the The first place votes were pretty close between Purdue and Houston, but on the coaches' poll, yeah, fifteen to thirteen. No, the, the AP poll, I think, I, thirty-eight to twenty-two. Not as it? close. Well, that's that's still, you know, pretty good. I mean, what I want to know is who's the guy that gave the one vote to Alabama, and who's the guy that gave one vote to Arizona? I don't necessarily have a problem with that, to be honest with you. I mean, look, I. Arizona overall, you know, they, they, these guys have all taken a loss here and there. But could I see Alabama being the best team in the country? Yeah. Could I see Arizona? I'm a little more iffy on that, but is it possible? Sure. Texas comes in as the new number five, up five spots from the number 10 spot. Tennessee dropping four spots to number six. UCLA up two spots to number seven. Virginia is at number eight. Kansas has dropped to number nine. And Marquette rounds out the top ten. I think it's interesting. Kansas 
just suffered a big loss over the weekend to Iowa State. Yeah. Look, I, the, the polls right now are meaningless, and I'm going to tell you something. I would not want to be the seeding committee this year. Oh, absolutely I not. mean, how are you going to determine who is a three-seed as opposed to a four-seed this season? No, Oh, you're absolutely right. Kansas tonight hosted Texas, the new number five Texas, who are up five spots. Kansas won 88-80. See so the number five seed just went down. The, and that Big Twelve conference is so hard to figure out because when they had the when they had the the uh, Big Twelve K- SEC challenge, you know, all those teams that were in the middle lost. Didn't Kansas win like the Big Twelve, or haven't they won? They the beat Big 12? they beat Kentucky. No, haven't they won the? Hasn't Kansas won the Big Twelve like eighty years in a row? No, they they lost. Uh, Baylor's got them as oh, well okay. in the conference. But at, there, at one point they had a streak of like eighty years. Yeah, in a row. well, it wasn't eighty, but yeah, it, it was a fair amount. Yeah. 79, whatever. <laughs> but but it, you can't I, – I, I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm dreading filling out a bracket. I mean, this is, this is just it, going well, to but be won't it make it more fun? Won't it make it more fun because you don't know? Because this year you can go, I can fill out three or four different brackets that have totally different things going on, and any one of them could be right. Well, generally when I fill out brackets, that's kind of the way they go anyway. I, I'll, I'll, I do – I do my sheet of integrity, as as Mr. Golick used to say. I would say this is my official, these are my real, real picks. picks. And then you vary, and you keep varying because you, you know that there's, you know, this could happen, somewhere. this was going to, ha- you know, this could possibly go wrong. And then you do one, I do one that is just, I mean, it's not ridiculous, but any upsets that I think I might see, yeah, go I, for I it. I mean, when was the last time both Duke and... And North Carolina were not in the top twenty-five. Yeah, that's crazy. But and Duke but, just lost after beating North Carolina over the weekend. Just lost to Miami tonight too. Wow! And they didn't lose to Miami. They got hammered by Miami. Young team trying to figure it out. They're getting health. They're getting healthy. But but I wouldn't want to. But do you want to play them? Oh hell no! No, I don't want to get near that team. Rutgers in the standings at number twenty-four. Great defensive team. They they will. I have a feeling they're a Sweet 16 team. By the way. Depending on their bracket, but they've got a good shot to be Sweet 16. Your boys at Penn State. I can't figure them out. They got destroyed yesterday in Nebraska, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't all their fault. They had zero free throws at halftime. Four free throws for the entire game. They went one of four from the line. you got to be kidding me. No. How do you go an entire college basketball game shooting only four free throws? I don't know. I thought that was a little ridiculous. Nebraska didn't shoot that many, maybe 10 or 11. But four free throws for Penn State yesterday in that game against Nebraska in Nebraska. Well, I've swallowed the whistles, I guess. I mean, given, I mean, Nebraska only got 11, so. Nebraska, yeah, just, not, a, not a very good team. You guys should have handled Nebraska. No, I, I would agree. I, Penn State is, is going to be interesting because I, I, I still think they're a tournament team. And, you know, that one, that, that one didn't feel good because really their schedule the rest of the way is – is pretty light, so they, they you have should to, you get, have you have to win a couple of rounds in the Big Ten tournament. I think that what's going to end up happening is that is the the second round of the Big Twelve ter- or Big Ten tournament is going to be massive because you have about twelve teams there that are that could make a case to go to the tournament. Don't lose that that second round game. Don't because then you are going to be no matter who almost no matter who you are you're going to be sweating it out. Yeah, because you you look at the the middle of that Big Ten conference, 
And you're, that's, you know, so Purdue, Rutgers, pretty safe, I think, at the top of that conference. Iowa, probably, Maryland, okay. Northwestern, starting with Northwestern, Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Penn State. I mean, Nebraska is now better than Ohio State in the standings for, for the, in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think Indiana punched their tick. Definitely punched their ticket now with, with that win. Purdue. Yeah, that, that was a big win. Over no Purdue. doubt about that. But <laughs> Northwestern, you going to say they're safe? Penn State's got to play Maryland twice. <laughs> they they beat they knock them both off both times. I, I, That's no, a disaster yeah. for them. Iowa, I, Maryland, Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, all seven and five in the conference. Yeah. And Penn, well, and Penn State, and Wisconsin are five and seven. You know, you get a get on a little roll. You're you're back in the at least in the middle of the pack. I mean, this the only teams that are done in there are Nebraska, Ohio State, and Minnesota. They're done. Yeah, I, I can't believe Ohio State is as bad as they uh, are. That's shocking. Three really and is. nine in conference. Yeah, they just, they're under five hundred overall. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, and then you go to the Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve is just that. That's that's like standing in the middle of a circle with everybody pointing guns and firing. <laughs> but the Big Twelve, yeah, just duck and cover. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get hit somewhere. Just, just protect the important parts. I mean, West Virginia, who's fourteen and nine overall, which isn't horrible. They're three and seven in conference, and and they just you know they've gotten a couple of nice wins. Uh, and Oklahoma State got that big win this weekend too. So they they may have. Uh, they may have saved themselves. I think they had. I think it'd be TCU if I remember correctly. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas, TCU, K State, and Baylor all within a game and a half of each other. Yeah, seventeen and six and better for their overall records. And then even Oklahoma State and West Virginia are fourteen and nine. There's nobody in that conference with an overall losing record. Nope. Nobody. Even Texas Tech, who's one and nine in conference, is at least twelve and eleven. Yeah. So, you know, that's and that's one thing that when I start looking for the my upset specials. I I really look at what teams have done out of conference. And that's why when I was looking at a team like, um, you know, Florida Atlantic was one that kind of stood out to me because they got a nice win against Florida. Um, St. Louis had a couple of nice wins out of conference. And I know VCU just whacked them the other night, but if they get in the tournament, they are an experienced team that could be dangerous. So, um, you know, but the funny part was, is that after that, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot of, um, of the small conferences really having a team that I'm looking at and saying, Oh yeah, I could see definitely see that team winning a couple of games in the tournament. I don't, I think yeah, this the, the, is the this small is, conferences are down this year. This is going to be the year of the big boys. I would, uh, to I, me, there's no doubt about it. I would tend to agree. And you know, I, I look at the ACC and it's very interesting to me because the ACC is usually North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, uh, maybe even Louisville is good. Syracuse, the top of the, the standings in the in the ACC are Clemson, Pitt, Virginia, who's always been good or not lately anyway. Miami and NC State. Then Duke, then Duke and North Carolina are in there. But you know, I think this is why the the transfer portal has totally changed the landscape. Because look, that kid that goes to North Carolina, for example, and he's there. You know, he's you know a five star recruit. He doesn't get to play as much as he wants to that first year or two. He's gone. He's gone. He's not going to hang around and wait. These kids don't hang around and wait anymore. There's no patience. So they're thinking, okay, you know what? 
if I can't play at North Carolina, well, you know, I met the coach at Clemson. I liked him. And, man, there's, they're really – I'm a point guard, and they're really weak at the point. You know, I'm going to go to Clemson. And all this, and 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 this is happening all the time. It, it, the impact of of the transfer portal on basketball is unbelievable. I mean, you can change the trajectory of your team in a heartbeat, a heartbeat. So that's why I think you're seeing a lot of these teams. You know, you're seeing a lot of a lot more parity, and you're seeing a lot of new names popping up because these kids, you know, they'll go to the the, the blue bloods, but then they don't play and they leave. Well, it's funny because if you go to the Pac-12, it really is the blue bloods at the top. It's UCLA, it's Arizona, it's Utah, it's Oregon, it's USC. It's the better teams in the Pac-12 that are always the better teams in the Pac-12. Well, you know, there's not this thing. There's not a lot of history for some of those other squads. I mean, you know, Oregon State basketball is not exactly legendary. No, neither you know is I mean? Cal basketball. Although Tony Gonzalez, big Cal basketball player. How about how about Jason Kidd? Who? Jason Kidd. He was pretty good. Who? Yeah. Okay. That was before he beat his wife, right? I don't watch. I'm just talking about there was a great player at a great school. Tony Gonzalez. Okay, Tony Gonzalez. Thank you. He was a football player, but all right. He played basketball at Cal. I know he played basketball at Cal, but I'm just giving you the big. I'm just talking about the biggest basketball name to come out of Cal. And then you start looking at Washington, Washington State. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't have a history. I mean, and, Washington did. Lorenzo Romar was actually doing a pretty decent job at Washington. Yeah, the, I mean, just the history's not there, and you know those some of those locations. Arizona State's too busy shaving points again. No, yeah, okay, no, they've no, got no, a, they got a lot of weird stuff going on at Arizona State. It's party school. Yeah, it's more than that. What do you mean? There, there's weird things happening. Split, at Arizona like what? State. what? What's happening? At Arizona? Just, I, I seriously don't know the, what's happening. The, the weird student culture. Down there, it's it's a little, it's getting a little kooky. Just trust you, me on that. You, it's getting. You can't just say something and not have any just, anything to back it. Just up. start, just start googling some things on the um, the social justice and so on front. Things are getting very, very weird down there. And you got to be very careful, by the way, when you start googling uh, schools by their mascots, because gobeavers.com for Oregon State, not what you think it is. Fair enough. <laughs> I just love that joke. Unbelievable. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean just look like I said you look at some of these other conferences too. You know, the SEC. One you know, one thing the SEC did about God, when were they they had that meeting about seven or eight years ago where they were having trouble with their RPIs and and really made a conscious decision to tell everybody, go out and start scheduling some games. And now look at the SEC. I mean, they've they've managed they've got two of the five best teams in the country. Only one team undefeated and, in conference, and one of them is not Kentucky. So they, some of those teams are starting to figure it out a little bit. And but they only um, have two teams ranked in the top twenty-five. Yeah, but well, but which is amazing. I, I'm not suggesting that's, that 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 they're not good teams. There, it's amazing to me that the SEC only has two teams in the top twenty-five, and one of them is not Kentucky. And and you look at, I mean, Arkansas is a solid team. Yeah, they've taken a couple of bad losses. Missouri's been playing okay. Florida has had some great wins. They've also had some terrible losses. But that is a team I don't want to play them at tournament time. I, I don't want to pay, face Auburn just because Bruce Pearl, to me, is one of the better coaches in the country. Yeah, I think they're a little overrated. And A&M's playing some good basketball. Yeah, once you get past that, it's it's garbage. But uh, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Mississippi State, Ugh. Ole Miss, LSU. 
What Boy, happened? They have fall from grace there. Yikes. One and nine in conference for LSU. And they've been getting destroyed. And everybody was really liking that team this year, and they just fell off the table. Yeah, Shaq is turning in his grave. He's not dead. This will kill him. <laughs> I got to oh. use that joke, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and like I said, the funny thing is, is that when you start looking at some of those, you know, the mid-majors, man. See, Oral I, Roberts is actually a pretty decent but squad. I am telling you right now the reason that they are decent is because the summit is horrendous. NDSU's down. South Dakota State's down. Um, who else is Somebody else was really having a down year. South Dakota's down. I mean, that the whole conference is just not good. And then, and Oral Roberts, when they, and I'll, and I'll pull their schedule real fast because I just happen to be looking at it. Um, they, when they were out of conference, this is what they did. Now, they, they lost at St. Mary's by eight. And St. Which, Mary's is, is uh, see, I don't know if the WCC are paper tigers or not. I think St. Mary's is for real. They, they they beat John Brown. Poor John. I never heard of John Brown University. Uh, mauled by Houston. Uh, beat, Everyone gets mauled. But mauled they but Houston, they got except but, for Alabama. But they got mauled 83-45. They they won at Texas Southern. They also took on the worldwide powerhouse of Oklahoma Baptist. Did they win at least? Only by twelve. Hey, a win's a win. Beat uh, or they lost to Utah State. They also played the dreaded Rogers State. <laughs> I'm not kidding here. Where, where the hell is Rogers know. State? And then uh, and uh, they beat Tulsa, Central Arkansas. Liberty is an okay win. But way, Liberty's not that strong. By the way, Tulsa is horrible this yeah. year. Yeah, Liberty's winning their conference, but they're not that strong either. Uh, beat Missouri State and then went into conference, and they've just they've. Let's see. There's a couple three pointers. Uh, they lost to New Mexico when they stepped out of conference there for a little bit. So I mean, they they're 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 looking so good because the summit is so bad, and I and that breaks my heart to say that, but it is fair enough. I so mean, so be careful when you fill out your brackets. Like, oh, Roberts, they're a 12 seed or a 13. Man, I'm going for it. Don't don't. It's, it's like the WCC usually. They've been much stronger lately. Only two teams in that in that conference I think are any good, and that's St. Mary's and Gonzaga. But they're really good. Yeah, but San Francisco down, they're usually pretty good. Uh, yeah. Santa Clara is usually pretty good. BYU is pretty decent. Yeah, BYU would be one. San Francisco is kind of a recent phenomenon, but they've been they've been okay. I mean, they've been good, not great. But St. Mary's is legit this year. Yeah, they just beat Gonzaga. They are they are legit, and uh, you know. They're they're gonna win that conference. I think it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens when the tournament comes around, you know, because that's when you have to kind of gird your loins up and be ready to really win it counts. Yeah, I'm so. I'm trying to see if there's any any of these small conference schools that there's I mean, not there's not. I'm telling you, I looked I looked the other day, and the only like I said, the only two that really I mean, stood out to San me San Diego were, State is obviously good. Mountain West is mid major ish. Yeah, I mean. You know, and I'm I'm talking the ones that come out of the the really smaller conferences that you're kind of like, oh my god, where this team come? Who is this? Like Missouri Valley. Yeah, you know, like, although Southern Illinois is, is is you know is pretty decent. Yeah, but they once again, if you go and look at their non conference schedules, there's barely anybody that's done anything at all. Even College of Charleston, that everybody's like, oh my god, look at this team. They haven't done anything. 
They did nothing out of conference. Yeah, and the, the Metro Atlantic is brutal this year with Ryder, Iona, and that's where obviously Iona's got Rick Pitino as their coach. I gotta wonder about. I kind of wonder about Siena though. It's um, they they slightly intrigue me. They're all right. Quinnipiac? No, no, no. I can't. No. I can't sell you on Quinnipiac. No. You're not going to sell me Quinnipiac. I looked at. I, I looked at them too. No. Yeah, I mean, even the Ivy League is down. Harvard just horrible this year. No, I mean, see, and the thing about St. Mary's, they they really didn't do that well out of conference, but I think they've kind of pulled it together. Now they, but they only lost to Houston by five. You know, they had a they they had a three game skid. They're they're twenty one to four, but they lost three in a row. Overtime at Washington uh, by four, lost to New Mexico by four. And lost to Houston by five. That see that makes no sense to me. How do you lose to Washington by four and Houston by five? Houston is so much better than Washington. Yeah, I don't know. That's regional familiarity. I don't know. It's it's, it's odd. But Florida Atlantic is for real. I think they are. They, they twenty two and two this year, twelve and one in the in conference. Yeah, they and and if I remember right, they beat Florida. So that's that says to me that they are a team that. Could pull an upset. They're yeah. they're probably my favorite small school coming out this year. But Conference USA isn't isn't a, a small conference anymore. Well, but it's still, boy. I mean, it, it, they're they're one of the better ones. It's not the Big West where my Cal State and Cal State Northridge Matadors lie five and eighteen on the season, baby. Two and ten in conference. Yeah. Well, NDSU's still better than you guys, but we're, and we're still not better. by much. And we're year. still better than the Cal Poly Mustangs who are one eleven in conference. <laughs> I get the feeling there's some bitterness and hostilities between those two schools. No, not really. We just suck this year. No. Okay. UC, UC Santa Barbara is leading the way in the big West at nine and two. Well, there you go. But hey, Hawaii's in our conference. So that means we, you know, when we play Hawaii we get at least a trip to Hawaii. They need they should go to the Pac-12. Who, Hawaii? Yeah. They're just not good at any sport. Yeah, but that'll help. And, and you know what? If, if there, there's there's money on that island. You can't you can't tell me that you get the right people involved, you, you know, could Hey, you want to come to play in Hawaii? Here's a, here's a million bucks. So wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that instead of going to uh, Cal Poly I can go play in Hawaii for four years, and you're going to give me a million dollars. Huh. Um, Where do I sign? Right, exactly. And, and the, the, the last conference I want to talk about before we go to break is the Big East Conference, which is getting no love really nationally. But look at the teams there. Xavier, Marquette, Creighton, Providence, UConn, all ranked. And if I, and I'd have to go through all the schedule, those schedules again. But I, if I remember right, they kind of had some difficulties out of conference too. Which is why I think they 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 got dinged a little bit. Um, I do like Xavier. Um, Creighton to me is a very interesting team. They had they were good at the beginning. They had a losing streak of like four or five, and then they've taken off lately. Yeah, they 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 look kind of dangerous to me. UConn is overrated. Don't don't man don't don't push them forward in your bracket. That's that's one of those teams that's probably going to be in like a. An eight nine seven ten game, and and they're going to be history, right? No, I get that. Georgetown has a conference win though, one and twelve. Yeah, they beat DePaul. Yes, they did. DePaul three and ten in conference. Oh, boy, the Butler Bulldogs at three and ten in conference surprises me because Butler for years has been a good program. Yeah, well, things come and go. 
I, one one team that I'm be curious if they could find a way to get on a run of St. John's. They've got some talent there, but and fourteen and ten. That's yeah. better than the ten and thirteen Villanova team. Yeah, you, you think they miss Jay right there in Villanova? No. Nah. It's a nice campus, by the way. Right, is it right in the heart of Philadelphia? Not quite. No, no, it's a little. It's a little. No, that's outside of Philly a little bit. I mean, it's still Philadelphia, but it's it's not in the it's not in the Drexel zone. Drexel, yeah, they're, 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 isn't there the Philly Five? There, yeah, and it's really weird the area because once you hit, once you get away from Drexel, it it flips to a uh, significantly more uh, difficult neighborhood to navigate. Isn't Temple right there too? Yeah, Temple's right in that area. Yeah, but it's weird. There's a there is a demarcation line right there. <laughs> yeah, I remember driving through there when I was when I was in. Uh, in high school, and was like, "Whoa, what are you well, this say? is this is pretty, and this is this is not." <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Richard Badge and Philly Toyota Town scoreboard. Talk a little NBA, maybe a little baseball, and then we'll last segment try to make you all some money. This is Sports X Radio, Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah, a little cameo. Can, can I just say something about that video, by the way? You can say something about that video, absolutely. I just love that song. Word up. When, when they say do your dance, don't do that dance that was in the video. <laughs> what was the dance in the video? I I don't know. It was, it was kind of like um, Pat Benatar. Remember the, the scene in, in uh, Love is a Battlefield video? Yes. Where all the girls were doing the doing shoulders the shimmy, forward. Yeah, doing the shimmy. Yeah, I think the dude in there was doing that too. And uh, a little more compacted and just, yeah. And someone just said to him, hey, I'm word gonna, up. Yeah, <laughs> it is It is the code word. That means don't do that dance. <laughs> Let's take a look at the Richard Batch and Philly Toyota Town scoreboard for the day. In the NBA, Celtics and Pistons. Uh, Celtics nine closes nine-point favorites. Get the win and the cover, 111.99. Cavs and Wizards, uh, Wizards, Cavs closes three-point favorites, just demolish that line. 114-91 is the final, final Cavs win there. Clippers and Nets, uh, no Spencer Dinwiddie yet, no Kyrie, no Kevin Durant. Yeah. No they, Bueno. <laughs> yeah, but the Clippers were at minus nine, only win by eight, 124-116. Yeah, maybe they played the backups too. Kings and Rockets. Kings were seven point favorites. No problem with the, the Houston there. One forty to one twenty. They win by twenty. Spurs and Bulls. The Bulls uh, nine and a half point favorites. They win by twenty four. One twenty eight to one hundred four. Mavericks and Jazz. How about this? No, no Luca, no Kyrie. Jazz are nine and a half point favorites. The Mavericks win by thirteen in Utah. Ow, ow. That's like a paper cut to the lip. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. And it gets even worse because, you know, Steph Curry is going to miss some time. So the Warriors, only three and a half point home favorites to the Thunder tonight. Final yeah. score, Warriors 141, Thunder 114. Mm. Interesting. That's not good. That's a that that's your rally the troops game. We'll see how it goes the rest of the way. And this one just went final. Bucks in Portland. 
Sorry to my friend Joel who's out there listening and uh, who's watching that game and sent me a picture of his big thumbs down for this one because he is a Blazers fan. The Bucks continue their winning streak, win 127-108 to in Portland. Yeah, well, that's the Bucks. They're pretty darn good. Yes, they are. As we told you, only two uh, ranked opponents playing tonight in college. 81-59, to Miami beats Duke. 22-point win over the Blue Devils. Wow. Wow. And then Texas and Kansas, like I said, Texas all the way up to number five in the poll this week, and then they lose by eight to Kansas. <laughs> I just, like I said, that Big 12 is just brutal. It is brutal. You, you, If you can steal a couple road wins, you know, you're going to get seeded three spots higher just, just for winning two games on the road. Yeah, it's very possible. The NHL back in action after their all-star break. Islanders take down the Flyers 2-1. to one. Islanders are minus 124 <sighs> to win that one. God, I'm so tired of sucking. Tampa Bay at minus 117 in Florida. The Panthers all over the Lightning 7-1. to one. Wow. Boy, those teams just... Ugh. that A rivalry in Florida. It's, it's a very friendly, pleasant state. They do not enjoy each other very much. It is not a friendly, pleasant state. Sure it is. Everybody's moving there? It's home of Florida, man. Oh, really? It really is. Whatever. Vancouver and Jersey. New Jersey was minus 240. They get the win, 5-4. to four. Calgary and the Rangers. Rangers are minus 110. The Rangers get the win at home at MSG, 5-4. to four. Anaheim and Dallas. Dallas is a minus 384. That's how bad Anaheim is. The Dallas is a minus 384. That's a significant favorite in betting, isn't it? Yes, it is. And they beat the they beat the Ducks three to two. Finally, Arizona and Minnesota. Minnesota minus two thirty in Arizona. Arizona gets the win three to two. Nice know, little dog bet there. You know what annoys me about the the wild? The if, fact that there's no S at the end of their name. If you have ever been to Minnesota and spent time up there, that state loves its hockey. Now they kind of lost their minds a little bit. But they love their hockey. That's because their basketball team can't how, get to the NBA Finals. How in God's name do they not have a championship-level team in Minnesota? It, it's hockey heaven. It it's really got, is. It's got to hurt them because didn't Minnesota, when they were the North Stars, not win? But then when they moved to Dallas, they won a cup? Yeah. That had to, that had to, that cut had to deep. chap their hide. That had to cut deep. But they had some, Minnesota had some pretty good teams up there when they were the North Stars. Yeah, they did. But, Wow. I just, Mike, I Madonna, just Mike Madonna was there when they were the North Stars, right? Uh, I believe I, so. I know yeah. he played there in Dallas. Brett yeah. Hull joined him in Dallas. Yeah, they were they were pretty loaded. It, by the way, his skate was in the crease against Buffalo. I could care less. Could care less. Get over it. <laughs> I'm just, I just dream on sunshine. Call it like I see it. Yeah. NBA trade deadline four days away. Kyrie yeah. was just the first shot. Apparently, the Phoenix Suns offer to the New Jersey Nets, or sorry, the Brooklyn Nets, for Kyrie, included Chris Paul. Yeah, I heard that. It was Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and I think Cameron Payne. Mm. But the Nets wanted one or two first-round picks. See, here's here's the other thing with Chris Paul, though, is you've got to wonder if you're going to have him at the end of the year. And that that is a guy. If you're doing load management, that's a guy I load manage. That's a guy whose man whose load needs to be managed. Yeah, absolutely, so to speak. That, that's what that's what everyone has told me. That's what so. she said. Yeah. But 
I just don't. I just don't think that Chris Paul should be a, a centerpiece of a trade. Not anymore. Just don't. No. So I don't blame him for now, that. Down. And because of that, now is when the Lakers will get him. Well, they should have gotten I, him years ago when David Stern just lost his freaking mind. I still don't understand what happened there. I don't get it. Neither do I. Good lord, that trade was supposed to happen. Well, it didn't. What are the odds that Lakers make a deal that includes Russell Westbrook? I and just, how hard must it be to be Russell Westbrook, knowing that if the Nets said yes, you were on your way to Brooklyn? I just, I just, it's it's so crazy that a guy who had had so much talent and and still is, isn't playing bad or anything like that. He's, he's one of the, I would say, he's know, top five candidate for six man of the year. He could help somebody. I mean. But, Not at forty eight million dollars a year. But that's that's the problem. You're gonna have to balance the salaries out and they, no one's gonna do it. No one's gonna do it. You you are you are stuck with that jalopy, sir. Sorry. Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Nope. Not at this juncture. Not at no. Million points a lot. Russell Not, Westbrook. <laughs> Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't an actual George Bush impersonation. That was my impersonation of Dana Carvey impersonating okay. George Bush. Right. <laughs> but, it, you know, the team, there are teams out there that need to make a deal. This Steph Curry injury has, has opened the West even more wide open. Well, Because right now the Lakers are 13th, but they're only three games out of the sixth spot. It, the interesting thing for the, for the, the Warriors is – if they get, I mean, they they responded tonight, but that's your typical response game. And it was against the Thunder. Yeah, they are. They could very easily. I mean, Oklahoma City is twenty five, twenty seven. They're in twelfth. They're in twelfth. Golden State's twenty seven, twenty six. That's a game and a half. Yeah, actually, that might have changed tonight. Let me let me see if I got to refresh that. But the difference between sitting at home. And at least getting into the playing game is only a game and a half right now, and significantly sitting at home. You know, they're they had better pray that the rest of this team steps up because they could be in danger of missing the whole thing. And if a team like the Lakers does make a move and get someone, that's a team right now that's not in the play in that could be in the play in or at least knock people down. You know what I'm saying? Well. It- but but I I'm not sure I think I think you'd be looking I'm I mean, I'm, I'm sorry but I'm getting nailed with my uh, ad blocker on here that CBS Sports doesn't like sometimes there we go thank you Utah is twenty twenty seven twenty eight I would expect them to fall off a little bit especially when they but, play, that you lose to Dallas without Luca and without Kyrie you yeah but I would expect New Orleans who's twenty eight twenty seven once they get healthy they're going to come back. So they're they're moving on up. Devin Booker will come back and help Phoenix again. I mean, Phoenix is going to move up. I think Minnesota is going to slide up. Uh, there's there's not much room there. Dallas just got the, got themselves together, and I don't see the Clips falling off or Sacramento falling off. So there's there's very little margin for error at this point. There really is, and I, I you know, Portland sitting there twenty six twenty seven. But like I said, I, I I think a lot of those teams are going to improve. But, but one of so. those run, one of those lower teams, whether it be the Lakers, the Thunder, whomever, they run off five or six games in a row and a win streak. All of a sudden, they're like the number three seed. See, but I don't think any either of those two teams are capable of a five game win streak. 
I really don't. I, I completely disagree. When you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you're capable of winning five. Uh, yeah, but there are only two guys on the team. I, I mean, could could I see them, you know, getting six and fours, maybe you know, on a, on a seven and three set? Yeah, but well, they, they just I, had but, a but nine I don't, and one set. But I don't think that they are. I don't think that they're a team that's going to be able to, at this stage of the season, put together a big win streak and you know make some massive run. It they, depends, they are. They, it, it depends on what happens at the trade deadline. If this right. if the team has currently constituted, no, I believe you're probably. Right. I I just don't think they're going to get any. Help with the trade deadline. Significant help. I really don't. We'll see. We'll see if somebody will take Westbrook's contract or somebody will make it what I would probably consider to be a dumb, dumb move at some point. There's, there's just not a lot in the cabinet for the Lakers to, to give out. So we'll find out. No, and I mean, they were willing to actually give up the picks for Kyrie, and the Nets decided they'd rather have one pick from Dallas as a 2029 pick than two first rounders from Lakers 2027 and 2029. Yeah. Whoops. I'm telling you, it's because Joe Tsai cut up his nose despite his face. Yeah, maybe. But that's the Nets. Yep. And they suck. And they suck for a reason. It would shock me to see Zach Levine being a Laker. That's the hot rumor now is the deal would be Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball for Russell Westbrook in those picks. Oh, that sounds horrible. I don't know. I I think the Lakers are kind of stuck. I think they're stuck. You say it sounds horrible. It sounds horrible for whom? <laughs> I think that sounds that, taking on Russell Westbrook for that. No, I just, I just you're, think but you're, you're losing, just you're think, losing just, Russell Westbrook's contract after this year. You can rebuild. That's the whole point is to give yourself the cap room to sign people. But I just don't. But I, I, at the end of the after the season's over, but I just can't see getting anybody the Chicago, taking the him. Chicago Bulls are not going anywhere. That doesn't matter to yeah. them. The, 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 Lakers, the whole point of doing it is to rebuild. The Lakers would have to make a massive oversell on a deal to get rid of what Russell Westbrook. I, ju- I just don't. You're taking on the contract, the horrible contract of Zach Levine, who can't get along with your other star in DeMar DeRozan, which is part of the problem. I, like I said, I, I just feel like I feel like he is kryptonite. Just me. I, I, it is just you. You're you're an absolute idiot for thinking that. No, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I, for I've thinking never been that. I'm I, just saying that I don't th- think that that, that, that thought process think, is idiotic. I don't think taking Russell Westbrook on is a good idea for anybody. I think it's a bad contract. I think it's a bad situation. It's not, just, but it's not if you're a team. If you you're got, if you're you a team are, that's not going anywhere this year, and you want the free agent cap room, which you'll get for taking on the expiring contract, which is the whole point of an expiring contract. Why not do it? It gives you $48 million of cap room next year. I just – I I think that teams are just staying away from him and don't want to mess with him. We'll see if they can move him. I don't think they can. They, they, have, with, they, have, they already could have, but they won't do it unless – most teams want both of those picks and the Lakers don't want – for some ridiculous reason, don't want to give the 27 no, I, and 29 I just, first round picks. I, I don't think I'm an idiot. I think that I, I'm just looking at Russell Westbrook and saying I don't want him on my team and I don't want to deal with it. That's all. What's what's the deal? You're not, but you're, I, unless, deal unless somebody, unless the Lakers give up a ton with him. Yeah, I, if you're I, if you're talking about to a team that thinks they have a chance this year, you're absolutely right. But if you're talking about a team that has no shot this year, what difference does it make? Because they don't want to deal with Russell Westbrook. What's what? He's not a headache. We'll see. Like I said, I you know I think we we bounced this one around enough. I, it's. You know, I, I, well, I, I don't understand not, your point of view. You're acting, just, you're acting like he's Kyrie Irving. 
Well, you know what? Nobody seems to want him, and they keep trying to ditch him, and they keep trying to no, throw him. still there. Nobody will take him. It's not that nobody will take – again, it's not that nobody will take him. Teams want him. They want to try to get as, extract as much from the Lakers as possible, and, and so they want those, and, those picks. And that's what I'm saying. They want The Lakers are going to have to make a terrible deal to do it, and nobody wants to – it's it's just a bad situation. That's all. It happens. I, I completely disagree with you. I, I really think that you are way off the mark on this. Well, one. some GM will maybe make a deal. They might, but I, like I said, I'll just leave it there. Any team that needs the cap room would be more than happy to take the expiring contract away if they're giving away a bad contract, like Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward and Charlotte. Yeah. Well, if, if someone makes a deal, great. Then you are right, and I am a moron. I'm not saying that you're a moron. I'm saying that that line of thinking was idiotic. No, it's not idiotic. People don't want to make the deal without it, without it being a, a, a huge haul for themselves. That's all. Again, a team a team that thinks they can win, like it I was mean, a team like you, Philadelphia. You, no, of course you don't want to take on Russell Westbrook. He doesn't help you do anything. I mean, you, you got you got your purple and the purple and gold shades on, bud. The rest of the league doesn't see it that way, apparently. Or else they'd have made the deal a long time ago. No, Rob Palenka's a bigger moron than anybody. Well, there he's you not go. made the deal. But it's got nothing to do with the fact that... You, but you're acting like Russell Westbrook's a pariah. His, his contract is horrendous, and nobody wants to deal... And people just don't want to deal with it. It just seems like the NBA is turned off to Russell Westbrook. That's all. If, if, if the end, if someone wanted him so bad, they would have made the deal by last year, but they wouldn't. No, but la- last year they'd have to pay him again forty eight million. This year, that's my point. Is this year it's an expiring contract? It goes away at the end of the I, year. I understand. What, I very team, much understand what an expiring contract. And if you're a team is. like Charlotte or Detroit or the Bulls who aren't going anywhere, you might as well get that cap space and say, "Hey, look, I now have forty eight so, million so, dollars of so cap space in so, the offseason." So here's what's going to happen for someone to take on take that on. The Lakers are going to have to throw a ton in, and the Lakers may not want to do that either. No, they throw. So it's they, they, it's a bad spot for everybody. If they hadn't signed such a rotten contract, they wouldn't be in this position. But they did. So now you've got actually every, they didn't sign the contract; they just took it on as part of the trade. So whoops, it, it, it's bad on both sides. It it's it's just one of those things where teams just don't seem to want to make the move. It's mostly because teams don't want to help the Lakers, which is fair enough because I wouldn't want to help the Lakers just like I wouldn't want to help the Cowboys or just like I wouldn't want to help the Yankees. See, it, it's just bad all around. Because who the hell wants to help the Yankees anyway? Well, some teams. They've no, done it. Yeah, you don't want to help the Yankees. No. Speaking of which, baseball season right around the corner. Yeah, we need to get a break. Pitchers and catchers reporting. We need to get a break in? Mm-hmm. I thought we took our last break. Oops. All right. We're going to go to break then. When we come back, we're going to see if we can earn some people some money. This is SportsX Radio, Fresh Tank Edition, Flavor in the Process. We'll be right back. No, who is it? That's Domino? It ain't Jerry Lee Lewis. Everyone knows this is Little Richard. Oh, okay. Well, apparently not everyone, because I didn't. And apparently I'm, I'm the bigger idiot here, because apparently, according to Chris Wynn, no one cares about the Lakers but me. So they shall, be, shall not be talking about on this air again. <laughs> because I'm the only person, apparently, that cares about the Lakers. There's, so. a, there's a few. No, I was told nobody cares about the Lakers but me and Magic Johnson. 
Um, that was a direct quote. Who else? Who else cares about the Lakers? I got to think about this for a second. LeBron does. Nah, not apparently not enough. It's, according to Chris Wynn, it's just me and Magic. Well, that's what he said. That is exactly what he said. So tomorrow night in the NBA, Knicks and Magic. Knicks are one point favorites in Orlando. I'm scared to go to Orlando. I am too. I, I think or, we talked about this. Orlando is one of those teams. They're like the Thunder, very scrappy. Take take Orlando. Live okay. a little. Okay. Light uh-huh. light light bet. I'm with you. Hawks and Pelicans. Pelicans minus two in in Nolens. Yeah, I'll take Pelicans. I think so. I think I need to see. Pop. I need to make sure that who's injured and who's not. Pop that pelican off the uh, off its perch. Yeah, that's right. Tink up. Suns and Nets. Suns are minus four and a half. I don't care if Spencer Dinwiddie's there or not. I think I'll take the Suns minus the four and a half. Because <laughs> no, still no Kevin Durant. Watch, watch the Nets win this game outright. Watch them win like ten in a row now. Oh, God, that would make me cry. But okay. The Bulls and Grizz. Grizz are seven point favorites at home against Chicago. Yeah. T-Wolves and Nuggets. Nuggets are eight-point favorites at home. I think you need to make sure that uh, Jokic is playing. He didn't play the last game, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Thunder and the Lakers. Seven and a half Lakers. Minus seven and a half. I'll take the Thunder plus the seven and a half. Although, LeBron, 36 points away from beating Kareem. Does he do it against the Thunder? I'm sure he's good. I'm sure that they're going to want to get this over with in one game. They're going to feed him the ball. They're going to feed him the ball. Like they did Kobe? Yeah. It, <laughs> LeBron might get 60. Okay. See, there's a bet for you. Rutgers, Indiana. Ooh. Indiana's a four-point favorite at home against Rutgers. At home, home, yeah. I'll take Indiana. Marquette and UConn. UConn's a four-point favorite over Marquette. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. You're take not touching Marquette. it? No, take Marquette? No, take Marquette. North Carolina at Wake. It's a pick which is basically anytime North Carolina <laughs> plays Wake, North Carolina State, or Duke, any of they play each other, it's a home game for any, all of them. Because on the campus is like three miles apart or something ridiculous it's like that. The, there's a triangle. Of uh, of Duke, NC State, and North Carolina. Wake's a little out of that. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. I don't know uh, my North Carolina geography, unfortunately. Uh, I still take Carolina. How about Auburn going to Texas A&M and, and the Aggies are three-point favorites? Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that. that. That's a volatile game. Hey, Butler, a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against St. John's. Give me the Johnnies. Yeah, I'd take Johnnies. Uh, your St. Louis Billikens there, 11 and a half point favorites against the Rams of Rhode Island. Yeah, sure. Why not? Go for it. Kentucky minus six at home against Arkansas. Uh, I wouldn't touch that one. I don't like it. Got a couple more. Virginia, seven and a half point favorites over NC State. No, no, take NC State. Virginia win the game, but close. Michigan State, four point favorites at home against Maryland. Mm, that's another. That's a tough one. Yeah, I'll lean Sparty on that. TCU at K State. K State are five point favorites. Hmm. Isn't uh, see the Big Twelve is so tough to bet. Uh, yeah, take the home team, but geez, don't don't do much. All right, and then the final thing we're going to talk about Super Bowl. We we know that you have the Eagles minus the one and a half. Yeah, we we are well aware of this. What is your final score prediction? 30-23. And who is the MVP? Jeez. I'll, I will lean Hurts, but do not, like I said, don't be shocked if an Eagles defensive player ends up being the MVP in the game. Hassan Reddick. He's, he's definitely he a candidate. Bet, think? Well, I wonder about like Caldwell Jones or, um, or Slay. I mean, the, 
something's telling me that they're going to pick him off, pick Mahomes off a couple of times. So it, it could be Darius Slay being the guy. Could. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Sports Extra Edition. When we come back next week, we will know who the champion will be. Will Mark Hoke be flying like an eagle or crashing like a chief? I have no idea how a chief crashes. Have a great week, everybody. KT back in the studio tomorrow night. I'm Andrew the Fish Vane. Bernard, we love you. Have a great night, everyone. Be safe, and we'll see you next week.